0: Welcome to another edition of Resistance TV. Tonight, we're discussing the devastating earthquake that recently struck Turkey and Syria. The response from the West was very different when it came to the two countries, though. Whilst aid poured into Turkey, Syria was disregarded, and the West sanctions against Syria remained in place. So joining me to discuss the situation in Syria tonight is the fearless investigative journalist Vanessa Beely. Her work is highly regarded by people like the legendary John Pilger, and she was a finalist for the prestigious Martha Gellhorn Prize for Journalism. She's been on the ground in Syria, in Aleppo, and she joins us from Syria tonight. Hi, Vanessa. Vanessa, how are you?
1: Hi, Chris. Thank you so much for inviting me on.
0: Well, it's a great privilege to, to have you on. Some of your standing and, and acumen and your detailed knowledge of the situation on the ground in Syria, I think will be invaluable. I wonder if you could maybe just start by just setting the scene for us in terms of you know the level of devastation that uh, that you've actually witnessed uh, particularly places like you know aleppo where where you just uh, returned from
1: well yeah i mean in aleppo it's pretty horrific basically the, all of northern syria which includes of course the northwestern uh pocket which is dominated and controlled by al-qaeda uh, funded by the west and their allies But uh, even apart from that very small uh, area of territory, Northwestern Syrian territory, pretty much all of Syria felt at least the first two earthquakes. The first, of course, was, I think, around 7.8. Some people said uh, even as high as 8.1. Uh, but it was a substantive uh, earthquake, which was felt even in Jordan, uh, Lebanon, here in Damascus, uh, people felt it, the buildings were shaking. But the worst areas um, were the north of Syria, Turkey also, of course, um, yes. but the northern uh, region of Syria, which included the coastal areas, so Latakia, Tartus, Djablai, uh Aleppo, Hama, uh, Homs, uh, and then the northern countryside, as I describe. Yeah. I just came back from three days in Aleppo and I have to say it was it was really heartbreaking. I mean, you know, I've been in Syria since 2016. Um, I was in Aleppo, Eastern Aleppo when it was liberated in December 2016 from the terrorist occupation. And then there was extensive damage, uh, war damage, of course, both from the terrorists and from the liberation campaign itself. But in all honesty, uh, in the years uh, following that, the, the, the Syrian authorities had cleaned all the streets, everything was being rebuilt, including the old souk and many of the kind of uh, heritage sites in Aleppo that had been damaged much of it had been rebuilt and restored and was well on the way to to being fully restored. To go back now and see the same streets littered again uh, with rubble, and and I think the most frightening thing for me was to hear from people that were there at the time when it happened. And of course, we have no electricity in Syria because of sanctions and also because of the US occupation of Syrian resources in the Northeast. We'll come on to that later. Um, it was pitch black. So, when the first earthquake hit in some areas, people fled their homes and yeah. were running in pitch darkness through very narrow streets. Uh, and around them, the buildings were falling and killing them as they were running. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, entire families were wiped out in, in literally two minutes of an earthquake. So 11 years of war, uh, and everyone sort of said to me, you know, in the war, if a shell fell, it shall in, in one localized area. And yes, there was terror and trauma in this localized area. But with this earthquake, it's literally affected every single part of the city in, in one atom. Um, and the fear that continues. I mean, while I was there, there was a, I, I think around a five earthquake in southern Turkey, which again shook the building that I was in. And wow. now the, the terror and trauma that people are experiencing, having already sort of gone through the first two major earthquakes, um, is, is absolutely devastating. It's devastating to see it. Um, and it's devastating for the people to deal with it. Of course. I mean, how,
0: how are people coping, uh, Vanessa, <laughs> you know, given this terribly traumatic
1: Well, event? I mean, you know, they're Syrian. And yeah. one thing I learned about Syrians during my time here, during the war, uh, living through sanctions, done through the post-war, although the war isn't entirely finished, but the major part of the military campaign is finished. There yeah. is a relative... Stagnation of the military combat right now, um, yeah. but the, you know the the freefall of the economy, the, the the tightening of sanctions, the Caesar Act being brought in, which effectively blockades and besieges uh, Syria and punishes any other country for coming to the aid of Syria. Of course, you yeah. know the Caesar Law is unprecedented sanctions, unilateral sanctions, unilateral coercive measures that do not have UN mandate. So they are arbitrary. They were brought in by the US, UK, EU, Turkey and Arab League to effectively collectively punish the Syrian people who didn't want regime change. That's, that's yeah. the bottom line. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the people here had gone through 11 years of war. Then the crippling economic measures, uh, weaponized against them, the occupation by the United States and the UK of the Northeast. Uh, yes. via the Kurdish separatist uh, proxies. Um, the theft of Syrian oil and resources, which include wheat and barley, under the Trump yes. administration, they were burned. Yes. Um, vast areas of forestry and uh, arable land was destroyed and burned. Even yes. under the Biden administration, Samantha Power, who now heads up USAID, tried to import genetically modified seed, which would have destroyed... Yes. Agricultural territory for ten years to come. So you know the hybrid war against Syria has been probably one of the most savage, vindictive, and barbaric in history. And, to be and
0: yet, and yet, it's being perpetrated by the so-called <laughs> West, who who portray themselves as a kind of uh, you know the civilized part of the world, don't they? I mean, how, how do people view the West, uh, yeah. the United States, Britain, the European Union? I mean, are people I mean, obviously, they know they're suffering the consequences of it. I mean, but but how do people view? I mean, it's, it's kind of you know, I can't get my head around how these individuals in the political class can be so ruthless and cruel mm-hmm. and, and visit such deprivation and hardship
1: on on so it's many people. It's incredible. I mean, it, it is literally a genocide of the Syrian people that are the wrong Syrian people because, of course. The aid right now, um, both funding and aid from the UK, the US and the EU is flooding into the Northwest pocket, which is totally, as I said, under the control of Al-Qaeda or under its branding Hayat Sir so, Tahrir al-Sham, previously Nusra Front, under the command of Abu Mohammed Jolani, one of the most uh, you know, uh, vicious terrorists that was operating inside Syria during the 11 years. Um, the only humanitarian crossing into that area is Bab al uh, which receives humanitarian aid but that humanitarian aid comes under the control of Al-Qaeda and it is basically sold, it's traded to the Syrian people at extortionate prices or it's traded outside of, of Syria so it's basically a revenue um, yes. income for Al-Qaeda, as is the oil, of course, in the Northeast. Previously, before the Kurds, it was uh, revenue for ISIS. And Al-Qaeda also benefit um, from the oil theft because they have a monopoly on the processing of the oil in the Northwest. So the the oil is stolen from the Northeast. It's transported to the Northwest and Al-Qaeda has a monopoly on the processing of that with their um, organization called Watad. And then, of course, they sell it back into Turkey and then to Israel. Um, and, and this and
0: this, I mean, and presumably the Western powers are, you know, tacitly allowing this to Yeah, to absolutely. Well, of
1: mean, course they are. I mean, they're perfectly aware of who controls. I mean, look, yeah. Ambassador Jeffries, who uh, was basically Pompeo's Mike Pompeo's point man on Syria, admitted that Al Qaeda was an asset for the US. Brett yeah. McGurk has made a statement saying that the, the Northwest Idlib uh, is the biggest Al-Qaeda haven since 9-11. Jake Sullivan, in an email to Hillary Clinton in 2012, also said that, well, Al-Qaeda is working for us uh, inside Syria. So this is, you know, this is documented. This isn't some conspiracy theorism. This is a well-known documented fact that the West Mm -hmm. is uh, again deploying Al-Qaeda, as of course they did in Afghanistan, as they have done. Um, in Iraq, in Libya, and Yemen, um, to effectively destabilise the country and and to topple the regime that they deem not to yeah. be compliant with US and UK foreign policy. What, what do you make,
0: uh, Vanessa? Then of, of the um, I re- refer to them as NATO stenographers. Actually, uh, I mean <laughs> your co- your, co- your colleagues. Actually, you might say <laughs> fellow 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 journalists in the corporate media. I. I saw uh, an item uh, the other day. I I, was—I don't tend to watch the corporate media that much, if I'm (laughs) honest with you. But I was in the—I was in Derby Station, waiting my train, and they—they got the TV (laughs) on, and and, uh, they were talking about the the situation in uh, Turkey and Syria, and they were talking about you know how Syria actually was not getting uh, aid through, but they gave the impression that this was all Assad's fault, that, you know, it was his, you know, he was the one that was kind of, you know, as it were, you know, preventing this from from, from happening, as it were. That, that was a kind of impression that they gave. I mean, you know, you're a journalist. I mean, you're a proper journalist. But how do you account for these characters? I mean, you know... Uh, you well, must, you I mean, must...
1: you know, the, I, I've had a long-term run-in, particularly with the BBC and The Guardian, <clears throat> as you yourself have, and The Times. Yeah. And... I guess my opinion now is that the media, the corporate media or the colonial media is now nothing more than an extension of the security agencies of the governments they work for. Right. So I consider BBC to be nothing more than an extension of MI6. And they, you know, we know from the leaked UK Foreign Office uh, documents that revealed the extent to which the media, of course, led by the BBC, basically supported and provided PR. Uh, and whitewashing uh, for the armed terrorist groups inside Syria, Um, all of whom pretty much in most of the areas where they operated come under the control of Al-Qaeda. I mean, Nusra Front were the the dominant uh, faction inside Syria. And so to to be honest, I tend to see the media as just as criminally responsible for the suffering of the Syrian people, that they have effectively disappeared for 11 years. I mean, as you yes. said, they, they blame Assad for the aid not getting to Syria. Now note the fa- the fact term they use, Syria. But in fact, Syria for them is this Northwest pocket, which is controlled by Al-Qaeda. The rest of Syria yes. doesn't exist for them. Doesn't exist the rest them, of no. Syria that is being serviced by their own emergency release uh, organizations like the real Syria civil defense and, and the Syrian fire brigades that have been crippled and decimated by sanctions and by war for 11 years, and they don't receive funding. Let me give you an indication the White Helmets, which is effectively a CIA MI6 construct yeah. established. We, in we, which,
0: is, which is heralded as this, as this great yeah. sort of,
1: uh, civil aid organization yeah. in this country. But again, they're only operating in the Northwest under the control yeah. and, and alongside Al Qaeda, and that has been the, their case throughout their history. Since 2013, um, they've received uh, millions in funding, but let me give you an idea. Their annual budget is 35 million, minimum, 35 million for 3,000 volunteers. Volunteers, They are given a salary. In the bulk of Syria, so where 80% of the population are under the protection of the Syrian government and the Syrian army, There is a real Syria civil defense and there is a real Syria fire brigade. Their annual budget for 10,000 volunteers is $50,000. So let's compare the two, 35 million coming into an Al-Qaeda auxiliary and 50,000 funding the emergency relief services that have been rescuing the majority of the victims of the earthquake. And when they say that Assad is responsible, let me again give you an example. Who has actually been preventing? Damascus has been trying since the earthquake happened to send aid through southern Idlib, which is under the Syrian army control. So through Sarakeb, through the Syrian Arab Red Crescent, and they have been negotiating with the armed groups in the northwest to allow humanitarian aid convoys into the northwest to the Syrian people that are under the occupation of Al-Qaeda, backed by the West. Who has refused that aid? Abu Mohammed Jolani, the leader of HTS. How can Assad be responsible um, for the incoming aid from outside Syria through the northern borders? Because the northern border is under the control of Turkey, Al-Qaeda, the US, (laughs) and the Kurdish proxies. Assad doesn't have control of the northern border. No, of course not.
0: No, no, indeed. Well, I mean, as we know, the, you know, they never let the truth get in the way of, of a good smear. No, I mean, exactly. Honestly, I was a victim, <laughs> a victim of, of that uh, philosophy uh, uh, myself, actually. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know, just talking about these journalists, um, Julian Assange, who, as we know, is languishing disgracefully in Belmarsh yeah. prison awaiting uh, extradition, actually accused journalists. Of the, of the type of journalists that we're talking about are, are actually basically, you know, party to war crime I and mean, they're war criminals themselves because yeah. um, the point he makes is all wars are started by, uh, uh, by lies and, you know, the, these characters are complicit. I mean, they are the ones that sort of, you know, as it were, disseminate these these lies, mm-hmm. which, I mean, and we're seeing this right now, well, we're seeing it in, obviously in, I know it's, well, there is, you know, I suppose, a military operations still going on in in, in in Syria, but you know, maybe not to the extent they were. But we're certainly seeing this kind of misinformation, this reporting we've just touched upon in relation yeah. to the uh, uh, the earthquake and the response to it. But we're certainly seeing it in terms of what's happening in uh, the uh, in Ukraine at, at the moment. But just in terms of you know the impact, though, uh, Vanessa, in relation to uh, the people in Syria who've been a, a victim of this terrible earthquake. I mean, how, do we know what the sort of numbers of casualties we're talking about that have been affected?
1: I mean, it's, you know, it's in the thousands. And the thing is that they haven't recovered many of the bodies because, um, yeah. And
0: again, what about the injured? You know, I mean, obviously, the, uh, it's a tragedy. Uh, clearly, you know, people are killed, but you know, survivors, people are injured. I mean, how are they being treated? I mean, given the restrictions that are being imposed upon uh, yeah, well, uh, I mean, again, Together you, know, with the...
1: yeah. um, the, you know, the health service has been under such enormous pressure for 11 years anyway, both from the war and the terrorist occupation of hospitals, of course, and using them as military centers, ammunition centers, um, prisons, detention centers, etc. So, you know, they requisition the hospitals as um, combat zones, basically. Uh, and destroyed them in the process and then of course the sanctions have which which you know the west always claims that all humanitarian sectors are excluded from the sanctions and this is an absolute abject lie um from the uk and the us you know and
0: you've seen i mean that's not just i mean i say things like this vanessa but you're saying it as somebody who's on the ground has seen it witnessed it you've seen it well, so I mean People, to give you watch, an people idea. listening to this need to understand that Vanessa's there on the ground. She's yeah. telling you facts on the ground. It's, it's not, you know, uh, yeah. people like and me you know sitting that, in my comfort... Western,
1: yeah. Western governments are lying to you. You know, you have to assume yeah. they're lying to you. I mean, for example, the US, after a lot of pressure, because a number of countries did come to the aid of uh, central Syria, I'll call it now... Um, like Armenia, Iran, uh, Russia, Algeria, uh, China. China just sent a uh, fifteen-strong. I, uh, 15. I was just about to ask you. I was just ask
0: you that, uh, uh, mm. Vanessa. In terms of, um, we know the West is not providing uh, support, although there's that little uh, area that you that you've yeah. touched upon. But I was going to ask, you know, where is aid? You know, it's interesting. That I think you just mentioned. Iran, which is also a country which has been sanctioned to yeah. death and is completely misreported left, right and centre. And exactly. I, my my, my um, social media um, output now on Twitter has been labelled Iran state affiliated <laughs> media because I present a programme about Palestine <laughs> on the press TV platform. Well, that's it. Um, you know, that's my I have no connection to, to Iran at all. I mean, you know, and Iran... The you know the, the press TV is is is, is, a, is an Iranian uh, TV uh, company, I mean, it's a bit like the BBC, you know. Um, and of course, I get pilloried, you know, for, for doing that. And uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah. the whole thing's the whole thing's a nonsense. I mean, why isn't the BBC? Why aren't the ITV? Why aren't these mainstream channels telling the truth about uh, what's happening in, in Palestine? But no, just in actually, terms of that, I mean, oh God, sorry, yes. No, no. Yes, I
1: mean, I'd like to make that point that I haven't seen a single mainstream journalist in main syria in central syria no, no, in aleppo no. in Hama in Latakia, no, do, in ladakhia uh, where yeah. the majority of the victims are i'm not saying that idlib hasn't been hard hit it has But yeah. the syrian people there are also suffering because they are under the control of these armed groups who are not helping yes. them they're no, not giving them the humanitarian aid i mean we know that that basically what they're doing they're stealing it keeping it, then another group stealing it and taking it, you know, because they know they can make money from it, basically. But what is also extraordinary is that the US made this sort of hollow gesture of apparently lifting the sanctions for six months to allow aid to come into uh, Syria. But at the same time, they introduced the caveat that they won't deal with the Syrian government. Now, the Syrian government is recognized by UN agencies. We have OCHA, we have UNDP, we have a number of UN agencies, Syrian Arab Red Crescent, all working on the ground with Damascus. And yet the US makes this grand gesture through the Treasury of lifting the sanctions that are unlawful anyway because they don't have any mandate to, to bring in. And unilateral sanctions, as you know, are illegal. Um, they do impact the, the humanitarian sector. And yet we still can't get, we can't wire funds from outside Syria into Syria. Yeah. The Americans have, or the US have more than 2,000 troops inside Syria with helicopters, with surveillance equipment, with heat seeking equipment. Yeah. Why can't they send that? Exactly. Earthquake stricken areas to actually help the Syrian people. No, instead what they're doing is releasing ISIS to further attack the Syrian people. We've had two attacks east of Homs since the earthquake, more than a hundred civilians massacred, civilians, not not military, by ISIS that are under control of the US and the UK here in, in Syria. We've had an escape of ISIS from prisons in the north that we know now are being ferried to Ukraine. To fight with the nazis in ukraine so rather than actually helping the syrian people that that have been again decimated by the earthquake by by this tragedy in reality they're using it they're exploiting it to resurrect their uh, assets inside syria to restart a military campaign to re-release isis to carry out attacks against civilians and to retake territory that they had lost after russia intervened in 2015. So while you mentioned that the military war is, is somehow um, taking a back seat, in reality, no, it isn't. The, the big threat now is that the West, as I said, instead of coming to the aid of people that are suffering here and have been suffering for 11 years at their hands, are now increasing the military pressure on top of yeah. the economic pressure, on top of the, 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 you know, the human tragedy. Uh, pressure that is now on the Syrian people and the Syrian authorities to try and deal with it because yes, there is some help coming in from outside, but it's not enough. I mean, for, no. for example, for the first three days, they were literally digging bodies out with bare hands. They didn't yeah. have heavy uh, equipment. The heavy machinery came in from Iraq initially, so right. uh, Iraq and Russia. Brought in so, 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 you, so you're getting
0: support from places like Iraq, from from Iran, from from Russia. I mean, yeah. all, all the all this sort of uh, you know the bad guys in, in inverted commas from from the West's perspective, yeah. and uh, you know, and again, yes. you, <laughs> you don't, you don't, you, we don't hear that. I mean, if journalists were doing their job, I mean, they would be saying that that uh, that I say journalists. They would be on that, the ground, Chris. Well, they, well, they would, they, they would, Look, but, but, but but if they're not on the ground, <laughs> at least they should, at least they should be reporting the fact that yeah that has being starved and that and it's places like Iran and. And, and Russia, et cetera. But Russia, of course, is persona non-grata. You can't say anything positive about <laughs> Russia at the moment because they're, they're being totally demonized. There's a real gossophobia uh, go, going on in this country now. But um, I just wondered as well, Vanessa, uh, I mean, again, as I say, you're on the ground and we, you, you started to touch on mm. it in your earlier part of the interview this evening about the uh, fact that the US you know, is occupying a large part of uh, Syria still. I mean, they, the part they're occupying is, the, as I understand it, the breadbasket, you know, the most fertile agricultural part and the uh, and the oil fields and stealing the oil. Am I, am I right on
1: that? I mean, say a bit more Yeah, about absolutely. That? I mean, the, the thing is that you have, now what you have is a situation where Syria itself is a centralised sort of state, rather like Palestine in the very early days actually, where, where territory has been annexed um, by hostile states, literally on three corners. So in the south by Israel, the southeast and northeast by the states, the north by Turkey, and then in the northwest by Al Qaeda, which is a, a proxy of, of the West alliance that has been trying to topple the Assad government since 2011. And in reality, yes, the U.S., first of all, through ISIS, and then secondly, through the Kurdish uh, separatists, it has occupied, and directly, because there are American bases um, in the Northeast, there are also UK operatives <laughs> and EU operatives in the Northeast running the ISIS holding camps. I don't call them prisons, they're holding camps. Yeah. Because what they basically do is to ferry them by helicopter from those holding camps into uh, Iraq or then into Ukraine. As we now know, there are ISIS fighters uh, in Ukraine or into whatever arena um, that that they are fighting indirectly by proxy. Um, and that area, um, the U.S. or its proxies is stealing 80% of Syrian oil. Um, so there is a tiny amount of Syrian resources that are trickling through yeah. here. I mean, in Damascus, most areas have probably maximum three hours of electricity per day. And that's not three hours in a block. That's sort yeah. of five hours, six yeah. hours, then one hour, then half an hour, yeah. and, and that's all people have. And we've had freezing temperatures the last two weeks, yeah. and nobody has heating. And that's another impact on the earthquake victims. Of There's course. no electricity. There's no fuel for generators. There's no fuel for heating. There's no fuel for ambulances, for fire engines, mm. right? So, so this is having, actually, when, when we talk about sanctions and we talk about aid, you know, Syria is somehow, Syrian culture is sort of aid-resistant. It doesn't actually yeah. want aid. What it wants no. is for America and its allies yes, to, to get out of Syria Absolutely. and release yeah. their resources. Because sure. in the Northwest, you have some of the, the richest, most abundant agricultural land. Yeah. So that's under yeah. control of Al-Qaeda. And in the Northeast, you have the oil, the wheat, the barley. And yes, as you rightly said, some of the wealthiest Agricultural land in Syria, and that is occupied, and everything is being sold outside Syria, and so we have bread shortage, we have wheat shortage, yeah. we have fuel shortage. We're reliant on countries like uh, Iran, predominantly for oil. Um, yeah. Russia is helping as much as it can, but Russia now, of course, is under pressure in Ukraine.
0: Yeah. No, indeed. Indeed, and of course, that was always the intention to to to, to, yeah. to pressurise Russia. I mean, they're very explicit, actually. The RAND Corporation yeah. were commissioned to. I don't know if you're probably familiar with the report. They were commissioned by the the US uh, uh, Defence uh, yeah. uh, Ministry and um, or Department, whatever they call the the equivalent of the Ministry of Defence in the US, to uh, to explicitly talk about how you know they could. Um, extend Russia and uh, weaken yeah. Russia with a view to, you know, it's actually boltonized. Well, and also before. Syria
1: has always been targeted for like yes. literally 75 years since its independence yeah. from France in 1946 yeah. Yeah. because of yeah. its alliance with yeah. Russia. Yeah. Yes. You know, first yes, of all, it, it was described as, as being anti-communist. And so there were a number of regime changes by the CIA yeah. in ninety six post-1946 yeah. And yeah. then going forward, it was uh, anti-Soviet, and then it was now, of course, it's anti-Russian. And, and in fact, the yeah. UK policy towards Syria is a very vindictive one, as Peter Ford, as you know, the, the former... I know Peter. Uh, P- Peter
0: speaking at a, a rally that we're organizing, a yeah. yeah, No to NATO, No to War, actually, next week. He's speaking. Yeah. Yes, I do know Peter. yes, a former, former ambassador, of course. Yeah, NATO. exactly.
1: Yeah. And, you know, he describes it as a, as a very vindictive foreign policy yeah. from the UK, yeah. and because it's, yeah. it's rooted in this kind of uh, anti-communist, anti-Soviet, yeah. anti-Russian uh, um, sentiment in the West.
0: Mm. Mm. Where does international law stand in all this, uh, with, oh. the, with the US stealing the serious oil resources? I mean, does international law allow that? No,
1: of course not. But you know, this is the whole thing, isn't it? We're living in an Fair age of, law. of such yeah. global insecurity. When you look at what Israel is doing in Palestine, what America is doing globally, or the US, I should say, because obviously America is not the US, mm-hmm. um, the UK. I mean, global Britain, you know, is pushing again to restore its empire, to to, to, to yes, stretch yes, indeed, its imperialist tentacles as far as it possibly can. And of course, the Middle East has always been its kind of alma mater, hasn't it, really? I mean, yeah, you
0: know, it's always wanted of to course. return. Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Vanessa, I mean, uh, people will be moved, I think, by your testimony this evening. Um, you know we can't, as you said, I mean, send send money directly to, to Syria, but is there any way that, you know, if anybody watching, mm. people watching you know want to help, is there any way in which they can practically offer support and assistance or is always that yeah. just kind of the question? Um.
1: There is actually because, funnily enough, when when we started um, producing fundraisers and some people went on to GoFundMe, which I'm not quite sure why, because of course they shut down the the yeah, yeah, um, trucker convoy in Canada, indeed, indeed, um, and they immediately closed down all of the fundraisers for Syria. But we have managed to get one of them reinstated because we've proven um, it's for humanitarian purposes. We had, to, or, or rather, the people the organisation has had to go through quite a few hoops to do so, but that's up and running again. So I can send you the link for that if you can Great. include it. Um, yes, yes, we will. Yeah. We've, we've reached 30,000, or I think between 20 and 30,000 on that. So it's, okay. it's a considerable amount. Yeah. Um, and that will be, I know the people that are going to be distributing that inside Syria, and it's like it will 100% go to the people. So there's that, um, and that's and there is actually also the Syrian Arab Red Crescent, which is operating inside Damascus and and then sure. radiating out into the um, Syrian government uh, protected areas. Um, <clears throat> so those two would probably be my preferred. Okay, um, that's great. You know, right. Well, we'll, we'll, cer- we'll, we'll certainly do what we
0: can then to raise the profile of those. And just finally, mm-hmm. then uh, Vanessa. Um, as I said, you're, you're a fear, fearless investigative journalist. How can people um, follow your work and uh, keep, keep up with uh, you know, your output?
1: Oh, That's really kind of you, Chris. Um, well, I've just recently started up on Substack, which I'm quite enjoying, actually. So I, I would probably recommend that one as the first one. Then, of course, they can follow me on Telegram, um, on Twitter. I'm still on there.
0: Great. What's your Twitter <laughs> handle? Uh, what's your Twitter handle, Vanessa? Just Vanessa
1: Vealy, at Vanessa Vealy.
0: Great, great, great. Yeah. Great. Well, listen, thank you very much indeed for taking the time out and uh, more power to your elbow. Keep keep doing what you're doing. You're, you're an inspiration, Vanessa. And oh. Thank you so much for taking the time out to speak to us this evening. I'm sure you've moved a lot of hearts uh, tonight oh. and hopefully that will help a little to at least you know correct the record uh, about what's happening in reality in Syria but also hopefully uh, enable some additional resources to to be raised for the for the victims of this appalling yeah. earthquake just, so thanks again sorry go on if
1: people can just campaign any way they can to lift the sanctions that's yes. that's the you know and and for the US to get out of Syria basically yes. those are the two Actually. things that really you know Syrians will help Syrians and yes. they do have obviously a lot of uh, allies in, in the kind of non-aligned axis or the resistance axis um, yeah. but, but that is the main thing that will um, help the Syrian people yeah well look I think a new world order is, is beginning
0: to emerge a yeah. multi-polar, multi-polar world uh, <laughs> yeah with fingers crossed I mean I think the, the US is over it and the EU for that matter which is just basically it's lapdog as is the United Kingdom overextended itself with this proxy war in in Ukraine, I think it's it's forced closer links between, you know, Russia and China and Iran and you know in that I mean and this mm. is you know Saudi Arabia is now, which I'm obviously not a fan of Saudi Arabia, but just in terms mm. of its kind of its strategic and important role it plays in relation to uh, energy supplies, is seeming to kind of orientate itself you know away from the US orbit a wee bit. So. You know, things could hopefully uh, be moving in a positive direction, a more humanitarian direction, and we, you know, hopefully, we can get a more set of yeah. because The United States is, a, is, a, you know, is a terrorist state, which is, which is raw, yeah. as is the, you know, the U.S. establishment have brought untold uh, horrors and uh, and suffering on people and continues to do so around the world. And so, yeah. But you know, the empire. I mean, when empires die, they do thrash out. So let's hope this yeah. is the, you know, the 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 death of the of the U.S. Empire. Let's let's hope so. And uh, I know you're doing your bit to um, you know, speed that along with the information that you're providing. That's really important. So thanks again, uh, Vanessa, for this evening. Um, any final thoughts? Any final comments before we? No, talk?
1: just to say thank you to you also for your dedication and integrity because you know it's a rare breed these days. So I really appreciate that also from you. And thanks for giving me a platform to um, put we- forward the side you know that has really disappeared and erased by corporate media. Well, we, we definitely appreciate you, you
0: coming on. And, and I think there are lots of people with integrity out there. It's just that, we, you know, they're not in positions of power. And we need to get to a position. And yeah. this is why, you know, we, we are campaigning, at least in, in, um, in the UK to, it's hard, obviously because of the electoral system, the way the media is, you know, so biased mm-hmm. against us. Uh, but we're trying to, you know, to build an alternative. and uh, And that's got to be our salvation, it seems to me. And, you know, we need to draw strength, I think, from liberation struggles around the world and indeed you know the the tenacity of the of the you know the syrian people you know put up with so much and uh, and are still standing strong so so thanks again and thank you everybody for watching this evening uh this is a good night from me as they say and we'll see you next week at the same time seven o'clock on Resistance tv